0: On this week's episode of T-Mac Inspired Podcast, I had an amazing, amazing conversation with one of my good friends, Mr. BK Hopgood, as he talked about his rise to success and then his fall. And guess what? He rose to the top again. So don't take my word for it. Go ahead. Listen for yourself. Hey. How are you?
1: Real well, real well. How are I'm you, here. Tasha? I'm
0: here. I'm here. I'm so here.
1: glad that you are here. <laughs> I'm so glad. Welcome to Oklahoma City. Absolutely.
0: Yes, yes. And for those who are watching us, this is not the rooftop of a uh, fancy restaurant. This is the rooftop of your house. Yes. I wanted to, you know, exclamate that. I appreciate that. Okay. I appreciate that. So I don't know if you have one up on Keenan or not.
1: I don't think I have one up on Keenan. <laughs> Keenan has that elaborate estate and is nothing like land. Mine goes up, his goes out so.
0: Yeah. But yeah. That's my brother. Absolutely, absolutely. So anyway, thank you. Thank you again.
1: So glad that you're here.
0: Yes. We just came off of a an amazing 2-day summit. Yes. Where you had some phenomenal speakers. Uh, great information I want to tap in with everybody I want to I want all the juice
1: absolutely, absolutely. right
0: on the next level so um, what made you decide to do a two-day summit
1: well that two-day summit has always been something that we've done in times past Okay. but longer than two days you know we've done mm-hmm. a faith summit uh, me and my spiritual father probably about two days ago and even before then we've always done something around our destiny uh, ministry empowering people to understand the ability of their wealth, which is not riches, but Mm -hmm. information. So the ability of the information that they retain and the wisdom on how to apply it.
0: Mm. And so
1: now in 2022, coming out of the pandemic or post pandemic, we felt that it was right to get people ready in the first quarter to go into the year with wisdom and knowledge on how to win in this season. So this two-day mastermind that we just came out of uh, was designed to empower people for
0: 2022. Okay, now let me ask you, uh, is this like a um, a one-time thing or a yearly thing, how are you gonna do this? We, we plan to
1: do it at least one, one do one every two to three months so we have another one that we're preparing to do and we're going to drop that location real real soon but it's something that we want to take across to the, uh, the United States to be able to touch people in their area mm-hmm. and then show them how to master the, these particular areas in their life in 2022
0: mm-hmm. so it'll
1: be more than one
0: okay so you know what I like to say you can't teach you can't teach a person how to ride a bike Correct. at a seminar Correct. or a webinar so what's what is like the follow-up plan for people who attend the summits.
1: great question anybody that attends the summit is the it's designed for them to connect with the people mm. that they resonated with the most so mm. the speakers like yourself you was here for this two days. I expect you to be at the other two days that we do across the country so if I can get on your show that commitment that you're coming to the other cities praise the Lord um, and so but it's designed <laughs> for them to connect with the people that they've resonated the most. Mm -hmm. And that connection is to go beyond the summit, because you're correct. Mm -hmm. You're not gonna learn everything in a two-day situation. Mm -hmm. So we just mastermind, or we reset it, your mind, Mm -hmm. in order for you to mine, M-I-N-I-N-G, or mining, Mm -hmm. or M-I-N-E, I I believe, Mm -hmm. uh, to mine. And when you mine, you're digging, Mm -hmm. okay? So the more you dig, the more you tap into the potential And so connecting with those individuals is the ultimate game plan whatever that continuity or continuation Mm -hmm. uh that the speakers have we want them to connect
0: Mm -hmm. now i heard you um reference your your spiritual father a lot calling pop 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 um how how did that relationship come about
1: that's a great question so in 1999 i was searching for a new church home i was still here in oklahoma city but i was burnt out on what the city offered spiritually Mm -hmm. and i was a part of a prophetic movement and i saw uh, pastor kenneth davis a part of that movement with Mm -hmm. him being an african-american in a uh, predominantly uh, caucasian um, um, circuit i resonated and then he was of the same denomination so that Mm. even excited me more so i reached out Uh, and visit his church in Denton, Texas. And the rest was history. Mm -hmm. Um, A man of excellence, him and his wife, a man of their excellence, their spirit of of unity. And they had a, a very thriving church. And from that connection came mentorship, fathership. And a lot of my teaching and exhorting have come from him. Because when I met him, I was only 23, 24 years old. So you've always been in the church? All my life, I've been preaching since the age of three. Really? Yes.
0: Interesting. Yes.
1: I love the Lord. He heard my cry. <laughs> he did <Heated> my <crawl>. grow.
0: <laughs> funny, funny. Oh, my goodness. Three years old? Three years old. So were you raised by your grandparents? No, my mom. That's your mom? Yes. Yeah, wow.
1: Yeah. She came into what we call holiness. Okay. When she was pregnant with me. Okay. So pregnant with me, I come out you know, being one of those, you know, sanctified babies, you, you took the words out of my mouth. I got it. And so, and we call them also pew babies. So being in church yeah. all of my life.
0: Okay. okay. All of my life. So it makes sense. Yeah. So what do you say to people who, who say that, uh, preachers shouldn't, shouldn't, uh, have wealth and make all this money? What do you say to people who say that?
1: Well, a person that says that don't, don't really understand the Bible. Hmm. Because the Bible talks about money more than anything else because money is definitely uh, the concept of your expansion so when he said money answereth all things he was specifying that every question that you might have money has an answer because it's going to take substance in order to receive results okay mm. so anybody that frowns on money uh, they really don't understand God he, he's a God of wealth he's a God of substance uh, the, the cattle on Thousand Hills belongs to him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people take the con- uh, the scripture out of context. The love of money is the root of all evil. Well, when you love something more than God, it's the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times people worship money because they don't understand it. Right.
0: right. Then they right. take
1: that scripture out of context to say that, you know, money is not the way of God, which is completely inaccurate.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Completely inaccurate.
0: It is. I know that. But yes. There's a lot of people that think that if you are a Christian or Mm -hmm. if you are godly, you should not be wealthy. Yeah.
1: I refuse to be poor. Now, the poor we will have with us always. But he became poor that I might become rich. Come on. So the blessings of the Lord make it rich and it adds no sorrow. Mm -hmm. So if the if the blessings of the Lord make rich and adds no sorrow, why should I be poor? Poorness or uh, lack does not represent the sanctity of God. It's actually an insult to God
0: because
1: mm-hmm. He's a God of abundance. He said, I come that you might have life and that more abundantly. Mm-hmm. So the abundance of God's life is greater than your living. Mm-hmm. You don't live to exist, you live to create, produce, and be the replication of God in the earth realm. So, right. yeah.
0: So I didn't know this until the summit that you were, um, that you came from i'm I'm gonna say a wealthy family middle based class. on yeah. middle class yeah. based on you know what your father did can you talk a little bit about that
1: well my father was a businessman mm. entrepreneur uh didn't graduate high school mm. he dropped out his senior year and became a businessman and really matriculated learned his craft network uh relationships out the kwazoo during his time so with that being said, he owned several establishments. He had nightclubs, he had restaurants, he owned several hotels, um, and he was definitely vested in what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he passed away, I was seven years old, You know the things that I remember of him is going down to the hotels, visiting him, uh, and he always had pocket full of money. Mm. He dressed well, and uh, drive well, and he instilled in us at a very young age that he worked for us. And I, say, mm-hmm. I tell my children the same thing, okay? And so, but he, um, he established a legacy uh, by putting certain principles in us early that a lot of people would think, how did you gravitate to that? Well, it's innate in me, mm-hmm. you know? You can be born with certain characteristic traits that will allow you to have a head start, because if your parents are entrepreneurs, something within you will have that same drive as they do. And so he was a great man,
0: mm-hmm. great man. I believe that. I believe that my my grandparents on my well, both of my granddads were entrepreneurs. Okay. That's all I ever known of them, right? And when I became an entrepreneur, it was like it was so natural to me. You know, I didn't like struggle mm-hmm. with entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people ask me, you know, how how is it so easy to you? I I believe what you believe. Yeah. I, I felt like it was innate.
1: Yeah. So true, and then my mom, who's still alive, she's an entrepreneur, mm. 30 plus year cosmetologist. Did you know,
0: know I was a cosmetologist? You,
1: I heard you said in the summer, yeah. Yeah,
0: yep.
1: Cosmetologist, and uh, she retired in 2005, mm-hmm. and, uh, and so, I mean, to see them in business, you know, I had no other choice but to be an entrepreneur. I've been actually working for myself since the age of 12.
0: I was gonna say, have you ever worked for anybody else?
1: I have, but I started out young, working for myself. What'd you do? I sold my pictures.
0: What pictures? School pictures. Your pic- pictures of you? Arrogant, Hollywood. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is a true story.
0: You saw pictures of you?
1: My, my- mom. I never get my mom would not give me any money to go and buy candy. No, you're <laughs> not going to the drugstore to buy candy, which was next to a beauty salon. So I had to find a way to get some money. You know. So I took my school pictures, cut them up, went around the shopping center, and sold my pictures for $1, and I sold out.
0: Well, you all had, what, one, one or two?
1: No, I had, I, had a, I probably had about five or six.
0: Are you serious? I'm serious. Now, that's I'm a serious. hustler. Yeah. And arrogant that no, you do selling sell that. your pictures.
1: You know, I thought people wanted to see me at all times,
0: you
1: know what I'm saying? <laughs> at all times. <laughs>
0: that's funny but so 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 you have been an entrepreneur your whole life
1: I have and then you know I started out uh, 14 got my work permit started at KFC <laughs> worked in the summertime with uh, one of the deacons at the church I had a janitorial company mm-hmm. but when I turned 18 19 years of age a deacon that had a shoe shine parlor taught me how to be a boot blocker. Um and in 50 pin place in Oklahoma City um, I learned how Uh, to do modern foot washing which was shining shoes Mm -hmm. and that's where the uh, intel of being entrepreneurial understanding the structure came because our clientele were all affluent Mm -hmm. all to do well off you know businessmen owners the the elite of the city and they instilled a lot in me they shared a lot in me Uh, uh, poured a lot in me and shared a lot with me to make sure that as a young man as I was growing up that I would have some the basic business principles of making things happen so 18 and 19 is where it all happened and I haven't Mm -hmm. looked back since
0: Mm. when were you most successful
1: that's a good question so what do you define success I guess
0: what do you define success?
1: well success to me is not matriculation of material possessions Mm -hmm. success to me is not uh, amounting a lot of money Mm -hmm. success to me is completing what you've started Mm. because when you are successful you've succeeded and then success leaves succession so what I succeeded it should be able to pass on so how many things have I completed a lot and I felt successful in many many ways now the the amounting of things my most success is when I got into real estate and finance and that was really 1999 and 2000 when I dived into real estate Mm-hmm. um hardcore. and learning that industry actually allowed me to amount in mm-hmm. a lot of uh, financing, a lot mm-hmm. of um, um, what we call material possessions.
0: Mm-hmm. What about your darkest time?
1: Oh my God, that's a good question. My darkest time was 2009. Mm-hmm. And what led to that was, I became a lover of money
0: Mm.
1: because money became my god I was making a lot of money I did not need God to the extent even though I was still in ministry I didn't depend on him to to provide because I was able to provide for myself so when the market crashed and the housing market in 2008 that's when it started turning Mm -hmm. so I'm now trying to maintain a lifestyle that was now gone And I did not know how to digress, pull it back, to know that there's a roller coaster. What goes up going to come down, and what goes, uh, comes down got to go back up. Mm-hmm. So prepare for that. This is my first time walking into this level of, of uh, financing. And so when this happened, um, I became unethical uh, in my business practices to maintain my lifestyle. Mm. I mean, my monthly expenditures were about 70000 a month for me just to live because of the number of houses the people that I was taking care of and then my lifestyle and I didn't know how to scale back from that 70 to possibly now just $10,000 so to become unethical in things I did things not because I was trying to uh, achieve something I did things to try to maintain To maintain. to maintain because once you get a taste of something sometimes it's difficult to let it go so God which I'm grateful, and I'll never change this story. I wouldn't even want it to be rewritten. He had to get my attention because I didn't know how to humble myself. He humbled me, Mm. okay? So he knocked, as I would say, um, the the deck from underneath me Mm -hmm. and allowed me to be face forward. So that was a big expose on me, okay? You thought I would've killed somebody, murdered somebody, but it was financial, Mm. this expose. But it was also god getting my attention because whom he loves he corrects he, he okay. chastises, mm-hmm. and his chastisement was good for me but at that moment i wanted to give up i wanted to throw in the towel i told god to take me mm. if you don't take me i'm gonna take myself because i couldn't deal with this pressure
0: mm.
1: i was facing a second divorce <laughs> wife we were separated at the time and this was 2009. okay okay and when this hit i went into a deep depression okay and so and and even my spiritual father couldn't bring me out and i turned to the point where i put god on the shelf Mm -hmm. and i started just doing whatever Mm -hmm. okay but december fifteenth, two 2010 was when my redemption started i got arrested
0: Mm
1: -hmm. i got arrested and that arrest they came to uh, my house at that time in Edmond, Oklahoma,
0: mm-hmm.
1: okay? And every imaginable toy that you can imagine, every car, everything you could imagine, I had them in my driveway at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was headed to go get my son from school, and there was an mar- unmarked car sitting in the w- one-way subdivision, one way in, one way out. Mm-hmm. And I'm the only black in that subdivision. Mm. See this marked car? He see me pull out and he stops me. Now, mind you, I could have bailed myself out, but no bellsman would touch me because God said, I need you to sit down. Mm. I need you to sit down and recalibrate. And that's when redemption started. When mm. I tell you redemption started and it was completed. Mm. And so at that completion, three years later, this is where a lot of things begin to happen during that time that I had to sit. 350 men gave their life to the Lord.
0: Mm.
1: I wrote 4 books. Wow. So what I had time to do was to regurgitate process and position myself for the greatest comeback that one could ever have. Mm. Because I was off balance in the current situation based on what the market had done, and I asked God to to to, to help me take me out. He took me out. He didn't kill me. Mm-hmm. He just process me Mm -hmm. so that dark time time actually became a time of healing Mm
0: -hmm. so it it took what three years three and and a half years years. three and a half years when you when you came home what was it like
1: i mean if i could be honest with you i was free even though i was physically contained Mm -hmm. so coming home wasn't an adjustment because I was actually functioning in my capacity of purpose while I was away. Mm. I was having business meetings, ministering, teaching a class that was approved uh, by the bureau at that time. How to how to start a business, commercial real estate. Mm-hmm. Taught over three hundred men. So at the end of the day, I wasn't um, lost without a purpose and coming out to say, "Oh,
0: what am I going to do?" Correct. Right.
1: I was five years ahead of schedule when I came home. Oh wow five years ahead of schedule so immediately after i came home less than 90 days of coming home i already bought my first gas station Mm. with the strategies that i already knew Mm
0: -hmm.
1: okay then we bought the second gas station and we reinstituted the construction company but the difference between uh then and back when was money was not my god
0: so what changed
1: my mindset
0: about money about yes, about money
1: i wasn't impressed with money anymore because mm. once you have it it don't impress you anymore mm-hmm. that's a valuable lesson to not be impressed by something that you supposed to dominate and control anyway 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 and i sure. did not know how to do that mm-hmm. and so at the very beginning of doing it money had my attention versus me having money's attention mm-hmm. and so i knew how to properly put money in its place and that is to go to work for me. Mm. And I and I told all my partners, and even to this day, I'll give it all up mm-hmm. if it takes away my relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. If it takes my focus away of the main thing. I don't need it. Mm-hmm. Don't want it. Mm-hmm. So that's the difference. Because if you would have met me, you know, 13, 14 years ago, mm-hmm. you would not have liked me.
0: Mm. I didn't say I like you now. Oh, okay. I mean... <laughs>
1: Who don't like me? <laughs> I'm just <right. laughs>
0: So fill in the blank. God is.
1: My everything.
0: Money is. An object. People are.
1: That's a good one. People are interesting. Very interesting.
0: Business is.
1: A subsidy.
0: Very good, very good. What would you have, last word for the people?
1: Listen, in anything you can achieve it, number one, if you can believe, that belief must be centered in a hope and a desire and a destiny. That destiny must have some concrete evidence that you have been destined to be great. And when you understand your destiny, you'll never allow dilemmas or setbacks or disappointments to hinder you from getting to your ultimate goal. Take every journey, journal it, that you might always have the victory. That's what I would leave people.
0: There you have it. All right. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you for coming to Oklahoma City. (laughs) Hey, 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 don't forget to follow me if you're not on all platforms at TMAC underscore inspired. All right. See you on the next episode. Bye.